Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Break in the Game podcast. I'm Stephen Gillespie, and joining me is my co-host Austin. Austin, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Stephen? How's everybody doing tonight? Um, you know, doing good. Had a nice day. Had a day off work today. Oh um, boy, got a, got a good show for everybody. I'm excited. Very cool. Yeah, I had a decent day. I had to do a a COVID test for the military, so I had mm. the nasal swabs up my nose, which wasn't as bad as what everybody kind of made it out to be, but it yeah. it wasn't pleasant by any means. But um, mm. well, joining us today is very special guest uh, Logan Newman, who is a part of Arizona Sports, and also I'm going to probably butcher the it's K T A R right, Logan? Yes, sir. Is, all right, and you're also do web editing for for Thunderwire too, right? So a, a lot of really cool NBA stuff that you have going on, Logan. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I focus mainly on the Phoenix Suns over with Arizona Sports, and then obviously the Oklahoma City Thunder with Thunderwire. And I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me back on. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, folks might remember we had you on, and you kind of alluded to the to the Suns actually coming into the bubble and doing a little bit of something, Logan. And I wasn't feeling you probably like most other NBA fans weren't either. But um, I just wanted to let you kind of run the bases a little bit after that home run. They went 8-0 in the bubble. It's a great, great run. All right. So to clarify, I did not predict 8-0. I predicted <laughs> three wins. If you told me they would get four or five, I wouldn't be surprised. But 8-0 was not my expectation. I, I, I can't say it was a home run there. But what was the key word that we that we used on the show, Logan? Do you remember on how yeah. we thought that they were going to play? I think it was competent. Competent was the word, and mm-hmm. I think that they exceeded that for sure. But yeah, congratulations on on Phoenix. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't you know being perfect couldn't help them you know make the playoffs. But it was something to behold, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they lost to the Warriors and the and the Pistons over the final couple of weeks of the real season, so they did it to themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Austin, just uh, again, congratulations on L.A. I know that, uh, you know, your Lakers ended up taking it all home. So just uh, again, you can follow, you know, Logan and run around the bases real quick if you want. Well, I mean, you knew all along that they were going to know. I'm just kidding. No, I am happy that (laughs) I am happy that they won. Um, To be honest, and I've said this before, you know, after Miami won that second game, game five, when Jimmy Butler had that amazing performance, I was pretty nervous. And that was the only time throughout the whole playoffs that I even really thought there was a chance that they wouldn't win. Um, But, you know, I think going back to what you guys were talking about in the bubble a little bit, um, it was just really exciting to see them, you know, Phoenix Suns turn it on the way they did at the end of the season. Um, I've always been a big Devin Booker fan. you know, I think he he obviously gets his shine for sure. He gets talked about a lot, but he's never really had any help around him. And it seems like, you know, they've got a nice young core and I'm excited what they can to see what they can do with a, a full season of DeAndre Ayton this year for sure. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah it's, it's and Logan, before we. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say it, it's surprising how much better he is when the starting point guard isn't a rookie second round draft pick and the backup <laughs> point guard isn't a rookie second round draft pick. Right. More Dragon Bender. He's not starting mm-hmm. alongside two to three rookies. It makes a difference. It definitely does. Yeah, grownups in the room help for sure. But um, <laughs> I want to ask you one question about the Suns, Logan, before we get going in our way too early awards, uh, you know, episode. Who other than Devin Booker, right, stood out to you most in the bubble for the Suns? I have one guy that I want to ask you about, but I want to get your take first. Um, I, I think you're going to say Mikhail Bridges. Yes, sir. That's the guy. 
Yeah, he, I mean, he stood out for sure. And he does that pretty consistently, the way he plays defense. We've seen that throughout the season. And it was great that other people around the country could see that same type of difference he makes on defense. He, he looks like he's a future all-defensive all player in, in the near future, not, not down the road. Mm-hmm. And the other one, um, for me personally, is Cam Johnson. He, he's, okay. he's always looked like a solid three-point shooter, but he really showed out in the bubble and made a big difference in a way that I didn't expect when they when they traded down and drafted him with the number 11 pick. Yeah, he, he stood out too. And then you have to love the story of, you know, Cameron Payne getting signed on, mm-hmm. you know, right before the bubble kicked up. And, you know, it looks like if he's willing to stay, that he's going to be a suitable backup point guard for the Suns down the line. Yeah, I, I had no idea what they were doing when they signed him, but he exceeded any expectation I had. And if, if he can keep up, keep that up, he'll be a good backup point guard there. Yeah, absolutely. Austin, you got a Suns question before we move on, brother? Um, yeah. What what did your what's your um, opinion on Monty Williams? I think I've I really like him as a coach. I just want to get your kind of your feelings on him. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, kind of alludes to um, to what we said earlier. There's an adult in the room. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really like Igor Kokoshkov as a person and as a coach, but it looks like he wasn't right for this young young team. There's uh, Jay Triano was still young. Earl Watson was young. Um, I, I like Jeff Hornacek, okay, when he did well. But but Monty actually has this presence and this leadership that the Suns have really been missing mm-hmm. on the team, and, whether in the coaching staff or on the bench. So he he's really been a positive there for that reason. Yeah, and he's oh. been beloved on, on pretty much every stop that he's ever been on. You know, yeah, with, with the, the Pelicans or Hornets, whatever you want to call them, when, when he was there with them and then the Oklahoma City Thunder, the way the team rallied around him, you know, with the, you know, the event that happened in his personal life. And, you know, it just seems like he's got a, his name carries a lot of weight in the league, even though he hasn't necessarily been a head coach for a whole heck of a long time. You know, he's been an assistant in the league for a while. So it, it was pretty cool to see him get the opportunity and then to see the Suns in the season the way they did. I don't, you really couldn't get any better than that, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Suns convincing Monty Williams to take their job instead of the Lakers' job this offseason was their mm-hmm. best move in the last five years. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Well, we're going to get moving on to a very fun show. And, Logan, I'm so glad that you got to be here for this one. Last week we did our way-too-early power rankings, which, unfortunately, Austin, you ended up missing. But yeah. um, I know that I've had a chance to look at your power rankings. They're up on our on our, you know, on our website, the offballnetwork.com available. I, I looked at them. I don't agree with everything, obviously, but, um, you know, right. it's, it's a sound, sound list nonetheless. And mm-hmm. Logan, you had a chance to, to look at the one that I sent you, you know, later mm-hmm. last week. And you basically just agreed with most of it, but the lower end, I think that you had a couple younger teams, you know, looking looking to step up who are some of the teams that you're expecting to to do better this upcoming season compared to last year i mean honestly i I think a large part of it has to do with where chris paul ends up going Mm -hmm. if he stays in if he stays in the west if he gets traded from the thunder the thunder are the only team in the western conference that aren't going to be trying for a playoff spot and i could legitimately see a way that every single team in that division gets into the playoffs um, I, I think that the Timberwolves and Kings are probably less likely, but if the Spurs bounced back, I would have no surprise. If the Suns got in, I wouldn't be particularly surprised. Pelicans are always are obviously set up to make it. I, I think they probably will make it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would be surprised if all eight of the same teams made the playoffs. 
I just have no idea which one of them is going to bounce out. And this might be another year where the West needs 48, 49 wins to get in. Yeah, I'm expecting the West and Austin, I'm sure you're the same way where, you know, the West is going to be looking pretty deep this year. What are your takes on the West, Austin? Uh, yeah, actually, in my article, I think I talked about how pretty much I had everybody but Sacramento that would possibly easily make the playoffs in the East. You know, 14 right. out of 15 teams in the West would finish, you know, I feel like right in the middle of the Eastern Conference this year. Um, this is the year I would like to see them try out just a one through 16 seeding, you know, non-dependent on which conference they're in. Um, but it's probably not going to happen, but it'd be cool. Um, and, you know, I actually had three newcomers in the West this year. Um, I had, <clears throat> excuse me, I had the Pelicans mm-hmm. and uh, the Grizzlies both taking the seventh and eighth seeds. And, um, and then obviously I put Golden State back in there as well. Um, I left out Houston, Utah, and I can't remember who the other, the third team was. Thunder probably. Yeah, yeah, it was the Thunder. Yep, definitely. Thank you. Um, but, you know, as far as like the Suns too, I, I had them as high as seven at one point, And I, I think I put them at 10 or 11. And when it was all said and done, you know, they could fall anywhere in there and it wouldn't surprise me. Um, mm-hmm. Minnesota's the same way. Minnesota could not work out. I, I'm not too sure how who's going to be the leader on that team, really. I don't feel like Carl Anthony Towns or uh, D'Angelo Russell are really all that mature or ready to step up and be the guy. So, Or they could be, and if they do, they're extremely talented, and they could finish pretty high as well. So there's a lot of different things you know, that go into it and a lot of different things you can think about in terms of you know, who's going to finish where. But uh, you know, I just think it's definitely not going to be the same eight teams from last year for sure. The West is just way too deep, and it just it got even better, you know. Yeah, with Golden State coming back, that that alone, you know, reshuffles the cards, right. you know, if you will, with with the with the return of of them, and then you got young teams too, like Memphis and New Orleans, looking to you know try to up their level of play in their game. While you got some teams like Houston, which we don't know what their identity is going to look like, one of the few teams left in the NBA that still don't have a head coach. They basically just got you know, promoted a a general manager who had been with the organization there for a little bit. And we don't know if how Harden and Westbrook are going to look next season, what the roster around them is going to look like. Even if, even if both of them, or, you know, at least one of them may not be there next year. So a lot of questions coming out of the, out of the West, but with all that in mind and knowing that we haven't experienced a free agency, nor the NBA draft, we're going to do our best collectively to tell you exactly who is going to win what award based on what we already know, which isn't much about the mm-hmm. about the NBA right now. And Logan, since you're our honored guest, we're going to give you the first shot at the most important award for the regular season, and that is going to be the NBA MVP. Logan, would you please enlighten us on who is going to be the MVP next season? Yeah. Um, first off, I'd like to emphasize that we know nothing. I don't think we even know the starting date of the season. Right. So we literally don't know a thing about the about this upcoming season. With that said, I do think that the player who led his team to the best offensive rating ever last season is going to be MVP this year, and that that is Luka Doncic with the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. I, I was like Dwight, Dwight Powell will be healthy back in time. Um, and every contract on that team is movable. So if a trade pops up or there's a free agency move they like, they can do it. They can fit it in. 
and and if Luca goes off for twenty nine nine and nine, they're a top three seed. It, it'd be hard to argue against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. What are what are your thoughts on Luca for MVP? You know, I think he's somebody that I definitely had up there in my considerations. I ultimately went a different way. I just think any more to win the MVP, unless you're going to have a Russell Westbrook season like a few years ago, you've got to win a ton of games. And there's talent on the roster, and they could be a really good team, but I think it's really reliant on the health of his teammates to a certain extent. Because if Porzingis misses a lot of time, or if you know Powell's not the same, or when he comes back from injury or any any other number of factors, you know, in terms of health, you know, I think that can kind of really, you know, bring their win total down to a point where I think they're going to have, you're going to have to finish, you know, top two or three in either conference to, you know, be the guy on your team to, to win the MVP. But, you know, I, I do think he's got a really good shot to win it. I love his game. You know, he's exciting to watch. He's, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan for sure. Logan, I, I'm I'm right there with you. And just so everyone knows, we did not coordinate, you know, and give each other our list before we we came in. We we came in not knowing who who was going to say what. Uh, I, I'm with you on Luka Doncic, Austin. To your point, I think that you're right. Record has is going to have a lot to do with MVPs. It looks like for the foreseeable future, if you just kind of notice the trend that has gone on in the NBA, right? Like with Giannis going back to back, and we we all know how how he fared in the Eastern Conference the last couple seasons. I just think, one, that Luka is probably one of the more marketable, you know, younger players moving forward. And I think that, you know, I think that that can transcend their record. Right now on my way too early power rankings, I have them, I believe, second, right, in the in the Western, or excuse me, fourth in the Western Conference right now behind, you know, um, L, both the L.A. teams and Golden State. Um I think fourth is enough to get you MVP. I could certainly see a scenario, though, where he doesn't get it solely based off of his record. But I think, you know, his usage rating, he's in the, you know, top 100th percentile in usage rating. So he has the ball in his hands all the time. He's a triple-double waiting to happen. He could do it in a lot of ways. And, you know, we also need to consider that it is his third season coming into next year. And one area that he could definitely improve on is his three-point shooting. You know, he's around a you know, a 30% three point shooter, which isn't very attractive, but he, he takes some very difficult, you know, attempts. So Logan, I'm right there with you. You got anything you want to say um, more about Luca based on what we had, what we have mentioned? I, I think going on with that, not just with Luca, but around the league, you kind of need to have a good story and there can be voter fatigue with you. So voter Mm -hmm. fatigue is why I'm, I'm eliminating Giannis. I'm eliminating James Harden. I'm eliminating LeBron. I think that Luca is one of only a few options, unless LeBron goes off this year, keeps trying as hard as he did this season. Mm-hmm. I think there are only a few options to win it, and Luke's at the top of that list. I'm curious if Austin is going to have my number two guy, and I hope yeah. he will. Uh, Austin, um, who do you got? Okay, well, actually, it came down to uh, two people for me. Um, you know, I actually have a little thing here on it. It came down to Stephen Curry and Jason Tatum. Um, okay. Or not. Ooh. That's who who I had as my two that I think have a chance, and I'll I would love you, to be wrong at Tatum getting the award. You know, I ended I would, up going with yeah. Stephen Curry actually, okay. and that, that was hard. Um, I think you know on to what Logan said about having a a good story. You know, this kind of a comeback season for him, and I think they're with him and Clay coming back, and they're going to be you know right back in the mix. I have them as number number two in the West behind the Lakers in my power rankings. As um, do I. I just think, 
you know, there's definitely not going to be voter fatigue. People are going to be excited to see him back on the court. Um, mm-hmm. And he's already a two-time MVP. And, you know, he's one of the most popular players in the world for a while. He probably was the most popular player in the world. We're close, very close to it. Um, I eliminated Anthony Davis. I had him probably the next guy there because I don't think you're going to win MVP next to LeBron James. I just don't see it. You know, yeah. if you played with Larry Bird, if you played with Michael Jordan, if you played with Magic Johnson, well, you're not really going to win MVP over them. It just, it's not, I don't, don't not think the that's going to happen. the NBA works, no. Right. <laughs> Harden and Giannis, same thing that, you know, you guys said, just a little bit of voter fatigue. And people, even though it's a regular season award, people are going to, you know, hold what happens in the playoffs against both of those guys, I think. Um, you know, Kevin Durant's on the, in the top 10 in terms of, you know, betting odds, I guess. Um, I don't think he's going to be the same player after an Achilles injury. No one really ever is. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard could be up there. Um, you know, uh, load management kind of gets people, turns yeah. people off there. And I think they're going to probably stick with that. You know, I don't know if he's really charismatic or popular enough even to get enough votes. And I think that does matter. Um, and then Damian Lillard rounds out the top 10 of the, um, in terms of best odds to win it. And I mean, I think he did reach another level in the bubble and I'm excited to see what he can do. But ultimately I just don't think Portland's going to win enough games for him to, to take the MVP. So I went with Curry just because it's a comeback story. He's already extremely popular. I don't think his injuries were too severe or anything that's going to really change the way he has to play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's going to put up a lot of points and I think people are just really excited about his, his return. So that's why I went with him. Yeah, Logan, what are your thoughts about Steph Curry returning and getting MVP in his first, in his year back out off of an injury? Yeah, so before I agree with everything you said about Curry, um, Jokic is also in my top five list. I, I don't think mm. you mentioned him. And he averaged like after he mm. had a rough start to last year, then came back with like 23 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists per game. Denver's a one seed. He could be in the running. But Steph was my number two guy on the list, almost one with him number okay. one. For the same reason you said, it. We, we took him for granted the last few seasons of his health, and he comes back and drinks 353-pointers, Warriors are one or two seed, and we mm-hmm. just, we enjoy watching him play again. He, he's going to be a favorite for the award. Yeah, and I think, too, just speaking to the injuries and the concerns about them, I think that they gave him a little bit of the Zion Williamson treatment, if you will, right? Like where they treated him like he was made of glass. I don't think the injuries that he sustained necessitated the amount of games that he missed for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, it was if the, War- if the Warriors were in the playoff running, he would have played. Right. They gave him some right. extra time off so they could get that number two pick. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it was fooling anybody. The reason why, you know, he wasn't playing as much while, mm-hmm. you know, Draymond was in and out. I th- I see a few of these guys on this team you know, make, make it a case for a, a number of awards, right? But um, I could definitely see a, a world where Steph Curry certainly does get it. I just – it's going to be – it's so hard to bet on him, though, with, you know, all basically with Clay coming back. We don't know how he's going to look coming off of an injury. I don't think that, that, that that's getting talked about enough, right? But – and what do they do with Wiggins in, in the second pick? You know, like that's going to be – that's going to be an interesting focal point. I, I honestly feel like Andrew Wiggins doesn't get enough. I mean, he gets a little bit too much criticism. I, I don't know if he doesn't get enough credit, but I, I feel like he's a solid third option in terms of offense. And if they bring in like a big man like James Wiseman with that number two pick, because I think he is still going to be there, um, 
you know, that team could be dangerous. That team could be really scary. You know, if all he's really asked to do is play a little bit of defense and hit, you know, be the third scorer on that team, I think Andrew Wiggins could fill that role easily. I mean, he's every bit as good as Harrison Barnes was, I think, at that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be weird to to see him being on a team where, like, he's going to be held accountable. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, he's going to be moving from a team where he had a lot of say, weirdly enough. And in Golden State, you know, the name Andrew Wiggins doesn't hold a lot of weight, right? Especially considering the seasons that he's had and, you know, the amount of money that he's making, you know, versus the production. So we've seen Golden State turn around a couple of people's, you know, identity in the NBA. Logan, what were you going to say? I don't think I had anything else to say. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. So we have two votes, Luca, one vote, Steph for MVP. Uh, I definitely, you know, Steph was one that I was considering again. It was just, I, I, I like to be way too careful, even though that this is a ridiculous <laughs> show and we're, we're voting way too early. Um, two? I'm sorry. Who's your number two? My number two actually was going to be Anthony Davis. I think that, that AD is going to have a, a larger season. I think that we're going to start seeing LeBron kind of transition to, um, you know, a little bit more what he does, what he kind of typically does every, every time he goes somewhere, right? Like the first season, you know, all out effort, you know, scrap to get where you're going. And then they start bringing in more and more rotation players. And, you know, your, your second and third options get more and more responsibility. So I think that AD is going to see a lot of, you know, a lot more action and a higher usage rate. And I think LeBron's going to be okay with it, you know, because I don't think the LeBron is going to get a, a another MVP in the NBA anytime soon, if if at all. Well, if, if he did, he'd be the oldest MVP ever, you know, right. the oldest at this point. Carl Malone was 35 when he won the MVP. And I just, I agree. I don't think he's going to be statistically going all out that crazy next year. But I yeah. I still think we're a, a year away from him really starting to give over the reins to Anthony Davis. I just think he's still so motivated to prove anybody else who he hasn't proved wrong, wrong at this point. So we'll yeah. see though. I'm, I'm not suggesting that he's going to average, you know, 15, no, five I know five or anything. I just, I don't, I, I see it, you know, slowly starting to become more and more eighties team and LeBron basically saving himself, you know, to exert himself for like finals MVPs is really mm-hmm. what I'm kind of, is what I'm kind of suggesting. Sure. All right. Well, Austin, I want you to lead off on this next one. Uh, okay. We're both, you know, big fans of, of coaching in the NBA. Logan, I know that you pay a lot of attention to the coaching as well. Um, so this award means a lot to me just because I'm a, I'm a basketball nerd and I love coaching. Uh, Austin, who is your way too early coach of the year? Um, I'm going to go with Eric Spolstra of the Miami Heat. Um, mm. I think it may, after, after what we saw him do in the bubble, the way he completely just turned around that series against the Celtics when with using that zone. Um, he just, he doesn't get enough credit for everything that he does throughout the season. If you watch the Miami heat throughout the season, they run every different defensive coverage. You can imagine mm-hmm. they go through spurts where they play no zone. They go through spurts where they, they press for three quarters of a game. You'll see them do multiple different zones in the same game. And then they'll go into nothing but man to man. The next time you see them, um, that way, come playoff time, they can kind of adjust and play any way they, they need to. And, you know, I think we saw, like I said before, just a coaching masterclass from him in this entire playoffs. 
um, to take the team that he did all the way to the finals. And not only that, with the injuries they had in the finals, still make me pretty nervous that they could actually you know, t- win the title over the Lakers. That's that's really impressive. And you've seen the development of all the young guys on that team. Mm-hmm. You know, just everything you look for in a great coach. Can is he adaptable? Can you know? Can he develop young players? Do guys like playing for him? Is their defense solid? All those things. He checks all the boxes. And you know, I'm a huge Brad Stevens fan, and I think he completely outcoached Brad Stevens in that series. So, I think Eric Spolstra. You know, if he hasn't already gotten enough credit for how good of a coach he is, he's going to start to now, I believe. And just real quick before we move on to Logan, where did you have Miami in your way too early power rankings in the East? I actually have them finishing number one in the East. Number one in the East. Okay. Yep. I have some I have some reasons why, some predictions that probably won't come true, but you know, more <laughs> wishful thinking than anything. It's but, too uh, early, bro. It's too early. It's all right. right. I just, you know, everybody says they're waiting for Giannis next year. I, I don't know if they do. Jimmy Butler's 31 or two years old already. I think he's proven that him and Bam work well together, and Bam's an up-and-coming superstar. Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, all those young guys that they've got. Duncan Robinson, you know, they've got – they're one of six teams in the NBA that's expected to have, like, any cap space at all this year. So I could see them, you know, adding a, a couple pieces or one, you know, even if it's just like a big one-year contract for somebody. Yeah. And I think they 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 firmly believe that they can go win now and they're going to try, so. And not only are they, are they a team with cap space, but they're a good team with cap space, which there's not a lot of those out there right now. Right. Logan, what do you have to say to Austin's take about Eric Spolster being coach of the year? I, I agree with you. I had him. I have nothing more to add to what you said. <laughs> okay. Wow, that was easy. I'm going to go um, – well, first, I love Eric Spolstra. Um, you know, on, on our show, I had mentioned that Miami is – the team that Milwaukee did not want to face for a number of reasons, all of them being defensively. I was not expecting the the offense to be as fluid in the playoffs as it was. Um, I think they milked every ounce of you know production out of that roster. I don't think that there was a single thing that Eric Spolster could have done better with that team. I'm not expecting them to come back and, and finish the, the number one seed in the East, though, to me. However, I think that... Um, the, the team that I have coming in, number one, is, is Boston, and I think that Brad Stevens w- would get coach of the year in, in that scenario. You know, look at all the youth that they have on this team, you know, with, you know, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. They have Kimball Walker. Who knows what they're going to do with um with Gordon Hayward here soon, right? They got a number of other young guys who are getting more NBA experience, especially guys like Robert Williams. Um, you know, they got a a good amount of draft picks coming up and they could, they could add production in the draft or in free agency. I think that they're going to improve their depth a lot more this season. And then again, just the development and the timeline that you see Jason Tatum on. I mean, Austin, you mentioned just a second ago that how high he's going to be on your MVP ballot this Mm -hmm. early. Right. So I think it is scenario like that. If Boston elevates and becomes the number one seed, which I'm, you know, way too early expecting based on what we know right now, I could easily see Brad Stevens earning his first coach of the year. Yeah, I I don't disagree with any of that, man. I I love like I said, I've always loved Brad Stevens since he was since he took over at Butler. You mm-hmm. know, um, I've been a big fan of his. I was actually a personal friend of the Butler coach before he took over. So when he when he 
got his job, I was a little like, oh man, I don't know about this guy, but right. he's, he's turned me into a fan for sure. Um, I can tell you right now, if he was available, the Pacers would have hired him in a heartbeat. They would have given him any amount of money he would have asked for because he's just like a God around here. It's crazy. <laughs> um, and to your point about Jason Tatum, you know, uh, Tim Legler on ESPN or on NBA radio today actually uh, picked him to be his MVP. So that's kind of, interesting that we all kind of think he's going to make that jump and they were talking about that so we're not too far off on these picks i don't think at least yeah if legs is saying that logan what do you what do you think about brad stevens as as a potential coach of the year i like him a lot and i like him more now that he's been in the league for so long i think when mm-hmm. he first got in and everybody anointed him the new greg popovich there's <laughs> a little bit of disdain from around the league but now that he's been doing it a while i do think he has a legit chance if the celtics do clinch the one seed I, I think that a few other names who could do it are Mike Malone, Rick Carlisle, mm-hmm. uh, Steve Kerr. And if the Nets are fun and really, really good, I think Steve Nash would have a chance. Mm-hmm. They would have to be great, obviously, mm-hmm. but there is a chance there for that one. Nice. Yeah. What about um? no one mentioned a, a guy by the name of Nick Nurse? Is that going to be that he's already got one? Now he, he doesn't get another one. We want to see someone else get it or... I think it's we saw what he did this year with this team and you know they're obviously I think they already lost Marcus All. I'm pretty sure he's going back to Spain mm-hmm. and you know that's going to be expensive to keep the roster as is mm-hmm. and just everybody's kind of going to going to expect it now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're going to expect him to overachieve with the team that they don't see as, you know, do they have a superstar kind of not really like you know everybody thought they would fall off a cliff when Kawhi left and Danny green left. And he just, you know, he proved everybody wrong, but he'd have to, you know, win a crazy number of games and probably finish number one overall in the East to really have a chance. I just, I think it's like just the expectations are too high at this point. Okay. Yeah. He already, he already improved. We've already awarded him for what he did. It would take another leap for the Raptors for us for voters to give him the award again, and if, even if they stay the exact same team, I think mm-hmm. the voters would move on to a different coach because we've already seen Nick Nurse do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, w- I want to ask one more coach, and then we'll move on. How do we yeah. feel about Ty Lue taking over with the Los Angeles Clippers? Is do you think that he's a kind of a dark horse candidate? Do you think that, or do you think that that we're just gonna be expecting the Clippers to be good anyway? I'll let you go first, Logan. All right. Um, I have no real opinion on Ty Lue, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, with the Clippers, I think just that our expectations of them are so high already. They have Kawhi. They have Paul George. They have their depth. If if they do win 60-plus games, that's what we expected them to do. They should be that one or two seed. Whereas mm-hmm. with Jimmy Butler's, well, like the 10th, 8th best player in the league, they don't have a Kawhi. Um, who else did we say? Um, we uh, mentioned Mike Malone, which I thought, which I think is an interesting one. I, I had Mike Malone pretty high on my list. I think I, I had think, him like about third. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that Denver could be, uh, uh, you know, I hope, I hope that they're good this year, but I think with losing, uh, Paul Millsap, who is such a huge piece to their de- defensive identity. And we saw, you know, Nikola Jokic get exposed on defense. We've seen, you know, Michael Porter Jr. Get exposed. You know, Grant is rumored in a lot of trades right now. I think that Denver could be a team. I, I have them fifth right now, right? But 
I think that they're a team that we could expect to take a step back this season even and maybe even see Mike Malone a little bit on the hot seat. And, and that's exactly why I think he is a candidate. We expect them to drop off a couple spots, but if they stay one or two, that, that exceeds our expectations. Okay. If they, if they get one or two, okay, that's what they were supposed to do. And I feel like Michael Porter Jr., at least, you know, he's got the ability to be a good defender if he works on it. Jokic is probably going to be what he's going to be. And yeah. He, he just doesn't have the same level of athleticism as a lot of big guys. But, you know, Michael Porter Jr. could become a great defender. He's He's got elite athleticism and quickness. He's just got to want to do it. And he's he's young, and, and I think he'll get there. And kind of like what Logan said, I kind of felt like, you know, they could go either way. And if they turn out to be really good, which they have for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and I, I don't really see him falling off that much because of Millsap. I, I really hope they keep Jeremy Grant. They need to re-sign him for sure. Um, right, that's a big. And you know they don't. They didn't. They didn't have Will Barton for the whole um, bubble either, as well. Yeah. And you know he started for that team for the majority of the year. So and Harris was hurt too. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so you know they come back at full strength. I, I I had them. I think third in my power rankings. I had them finishing third in the West. Okay. But it's probably because I just am never gonna never gonna appreciate the Clippers. Like I have to hate them a little <laughs> bit. I, I moved them down a lot further little, than most little people. Brother. Yeah, yeah. I, I have them third, which I think you know is probably where uh, m- most of the consensus would be moving forward for this year. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on to the next category, way too early rookie of the year. Now this is a class that isn't really sexy. There was a report that I saw that. The, the Wolves have already said that they don't know who they're getting, that no one has stood out to them, which mm-hmm. kind of a weird thing to say, right? If you're going to say that no one stood out, then you're going to pick a guy to come to your team and be like, hey, we want you to play for us. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. you said that that I didn't stand out, right? So I don't know. I just thought that that was kind of weird. Logan, I know that, again, there's not a, a stellar standout in this draft. Who do you have for your rookie of the year? I think there is one guy specifically who could be a standout. Mm-hmm. I think he's the best player in the cl- in the class. I think he's the flashiest player, and he's going to be posting triple doubles, getting on national news constantly. Lamelo Ball is going to be the rookie of the year. Okay. You know, he he needs. There are obviously areas to improve, but I think the biggest one is just decision making. I watched him a few times in high school, and when he turned it on, his three pointers dropped. Like I, I don't think he's a bad three point shooter, like his stats show. Mm-hmm. His is already incredible. He has the IQ to do all these things. He gets into passing lanes well. And I think that once he's on an NBA team with NBA coaches and he no longer feels like he's he's the best, he's the cream of the crop, I, I feel like he will get whipped into shape and be he, he has a chance to be a star. And I, I think that if he posts, what, 16, 17 points and seven assists and rebounds apiece per game, that those stats are rookie of the year numbers as well. Yeah, if you post those, I mean, that would be definitely hard to deny. Austin, one, how do you feel about LaMelo Ball as a, as a prospect moving into this draft? And do you agree with him being Rookie of the Year? Actually, yes. I picked him to be Rookie of the Year as well. I think for all the things that he said, you know, he's going to be in the news no matter what, a lot. Lonzo Ball took over, took the NBA by storm and was not anything what people thought he was going to be i don't think he's just he's got the name he's got the the media behind him he is flashy he's played professionally already so i think that gives him a little bit of a, of a leg up granted it's not the best professional league he was in but and know, he didn't play a whole lot of games either true but he you know he's he's got experience he played for that academy too before that and mm-hmm. like and he's been in the national media since high school he, or, you know, since he was about a sophomore in high school, he's not going to be overwhelmed by anything coming into the NBA. I don't think. And 
I think a lot of times the rookie of the year, usually, especially in a year where there's not a big name guy that everybody's like consensus, this guy's going to get it. If you can score a lot of points, you're probably going to win. And I think he can score a lot of points. And I think if he goes number one overall, I think he's got a great opportunity, you know, to come right in there and create a pretty exciting young trio. Um, but wherever he goes in the draft, um, I do think he has the best, the highest ceiling. We'll call it that. I think he has the most potential. Um, I, I don't think. I think James Wiseman, in terms of the top three guys that they talk about, is probably best fit, in my opinion, for Golden State. I would um, agree. I think a lot of times there's some people talk about issues with his work ethic. I mean, I think you can say that probably about just about any 18 or 19 year old kid <laughs> for the right. most part. You know, not always, but um, he's just a freak of nature athlete. I heard one report about him today that he might be the fastest guy in this whole draft and he's seven foot one. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, a he's, you know, in terms of getting up and down the court, he's just insanely athletic. And, you know, we've seen golden state make it to the finals with centers like Zaza Pachulia and Kevin Looney. And, you know, so the bar for being a good center in golden state's not really that high. It's to be able to block shots and catch lobs and, you know, rebound pretty well. And I think he can do all those things. I think he's the safest pick, but I do think Lonzo or LaMelo, sorry, uh, ends up getting rookie of the year. I agree with, with what he said. I'm not super duper high on all simply because I do believe if you've seen his jump shot, I think that the percentages is indicative of just basically for his shooting form. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I don't have him going first overall in this draft because unless the the Wolves deal this trade, because if you look at their needs, right. And I know that it's kind of taboo to draft for needs, but I think drafting ball, when you already got, you know, D'Angelo Russell and, and Carl Anthony Towns, there's your point guard and your center. Right. And I think that ball doesn't go there because of that. He's obviously not going to go be point guard in golden state. So I think that he does go to, Charlotte, even though that they have a couple guys there, but none of them are really good enough to say, now nah, we're we're not going to take a chance on ball. So I think mm-hmm. that he goes to Charlotte, and I think that that's going to be a tough market for him to make a case for rookie of the year, even if he puts up decent numbers. Who I have as my rookie of the year is Obi Toppin. I think that he mm-hmm. has a very NBA-ready game. I think that that's going to help him specifically for this year's award. Who has a better career going forward? probably ball maybe if he hits if everything goes you know right for him but i think Toppin, you know his his offense is already there he he's older more mature he's very very strong you know so he's got an nba body to go along with his game i think that if he does go to you know a place like minnesota or maybe even falls further down to like a chicago or something like that i i think that he's gonna make a lot of noise just because his game is already already there i mean i think that as far as offense i could see him if everything goes well for him landing somewhere between a montrez Harrell to an amari stoudemire level of offense in today's nba what do you guys think about that man i i like obi Toppin a lot he was somebody i had thought about for the award i I honestly ended up going with Lamelo ball because i really couldn't determine who i thought was going to have the best year and i just went with the guy with the biggest name and the most that's going to have the most media attention wherever he goes but i think i think if obi Toppin goes to the bulls at four and they you know billy donovan helps turn that team around and they make the playoffs and he has a good year Mm -hmm. he could definitely take it i i think he's I think he's one of those guys that you know what you're getting right away. You know yeah. what I mean? He's ready. He's, you know, he is what he is at this point already in his career. Lamelo or yeah, Lamelo Ball um could 
turn out to be a superstar, but he could be, you know, flame just out a, in, in a couple okay years passer. or just an okay guy. You know, yeah. like he could be Ricky Rubio, mm-hmm. you know, which Ricky Rubio had has turned his turned his career into a into a pretty successful career but you know the the hype on him coming in to the nba was just crazy right and so you know he could if without a jump shot he could end up being just you know kind of go along those lines just a a journeyman nba point guard because solid career i mean mm-hmm. if he's your but there's worse nba players that he could turn into other than right definitely mm-hmm. yeah. logan what are your what is your take on ob Toppin? I, I do like Obi. I like him off. I hate him defensively. Like him a lot offensively. Right. Yeah. I, I think that the Amari comparisons are a bit too out there. Amari had a case for best power forward in the league for a year or two when he was still against Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. Right. Guys. Um, but yeah, for rookie of the year, if you're looking at it, if you're looking for a guy who will average 18 points and nine rebounds a game, shoot 50%. And you go by the stats, Obi is a very safe choice for this award. And Andy's probably a safe choice to be a role player in the league for a long time. Right. Yeah. And I don't, again, like we're not going to come, we're not going to see a, a Blake Griffin or a, a John Wall in this draft. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't see a world where a guy just comes in and just takes over a team with this draft right now. Right. At right. least not right away. Yeah. I, I do want to give one dark horse, like okay. outside the top 10. I really like Sadiq Bay from what I've seen. I love Sadiq Bay. If, if he goes to a team like the Pelicans, who is in the playoff race, and he manages to put up 15, 16 points a game, I, I think that he could have a case. He, I mean, he, he's not a Donovan Mitchell, but he could be that Donovan Mitchell type who's drafted 13 and blossoms. Mm-hmm. I have him 14th on my board. Like I, I could easily see that. I, I believe in one of the mock drafts that I wrote up, I had him going to San Antonio which I think would be an excellent fit. And he could be, a, he could put up those types of numbers in a San Antonio system too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think San Antonio, if I were them, I would go Patrick Williams. Cause if I think if Patrick Williams is in a good situation, he could be a top five player in the draft. Mm-hmm. But, but yes, yeah, Sadiq Bay, if he goes there and the Spurs make the playoffs, he has a great case for rookie of the year. I like him as a dark horse. Yeah, I, I love City Bay. You know, I like the thought of you know someone outside of the top ten, at least outside of the top three. I, I'm not uh, too excited about two of the three situations in the top three draft picks. You know what I mean? Like Minnesota right. and, and Charlotte don't really instill a lot of confidence. I think it could come down to whoever Golden State ends up taking might just be in such a good situation with such a good franchise that it it could end up being whoever they draft. Playing next to a potential MVP for this season, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you definitely help his numbers out. All right, so I had the hardest time coming up with the sixth man of the year for this way too. Me too. Sixth man of the year. And I think it mainly just has to deal with the fact that we don't know who's going to be where, mm-hmm. you know, come, come next season, right? So, um, Austin, I would love – or well, who, who – I'm sorry, who did I do first last time? I don't remember. I think I was first for rookie. Okay, right. All right, cool. I wanted to make sure I'm I'm being really corny and keeping tally marks. Be a fair moderator here. I'm trying to be a fair moderator, right? Um, Austin, sixth man of the year. Is it going to be someone that we're expecting, or like, did you play it safe? Are you predicting that someone signs somewhere to be a sixth man? I kind of played it safe just because I don't think he's even if he does go somewhere else or stay with who he was with this last year I don't think he's gonna get a starting role mm-hmm. um I originally went with Michael Porter Jr but you made a good point about uh Millsap um leaving and he may end up 
getting moved into the starting rotation. If he doesn't, I, I could see it being him, but ultimately I went with Derrick Rose. Um, I think he could have been in a little bit higher rankings for this year for the six man. You know, he could have finished a little bit better. I think yeah. he had his career high in terms of points per 36 minutes was like 26. He's turned his game into, he's a decent shooter. Like he couldn't shoot when he won the MVP <laughs> At all. No. and he had devastating injury after devastating injury. And it just, it, makes me almost sad to think about if his game had developed like this without those injuries and he still had that explosive athleticism, how good would he have been? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if a former MVP has ever won the sixth man of the year award. Probably not. Maybe I didn't look it up. I probably should have, but yeah. uh, now we're just going to um, be a bunch of people to say, we don't know. Thanks, <laughs> Austin. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know how I do, but yep. uh, I just think, you know, he's going to, you know, really be an offensive spark off the bench. And that's really what you need to be to be six man of the year. Like Montrez Harrell kind of proved me wrong with that, but he averaged almost a double double yeah. off the bench. But I usually feel like it goes to a guard and I usually feels like it goes to a guard. That's going to score a lot of points and be expected to score a lot with their second unit. And I just think that fits Derek, Derek Rose's career at this point and what he is. Okay. Logan, do you agree? I did not go with Derek Rose. It's funny that he mentioned Michael Porter jr. Cause he was, he was one of my top choices until you guys were like, Hey, he could be a starter next year. Mm -hmm. Um, honestly, I kind of wrote down like, like five names. Okay. Let's hear them. Maybe just cause I have no idea <laughs> where, what the role is going to be with whoever mm -hmm. it is. This was oh, the I hardest felt. award that I had coming by up far. I, I filled out my all NBA defensive second team before I picked. Yeah. Oh, me too. I did it all before yeah. this one. Yes. Yeah. So two guys in similar situations where I don't know what team they'll be on. Dennis Schroeder and Eric Gordon. Okay. Depending where they, I, I, I honestly think Dennis Schroeder should have been six man this year, but me too. Is what I, went, I went with Trez, but yeah. Yeah. And th th that's fair. But, but if Schroeder or Gordon get traded and they're still six men, they have a shot. Jordan Clarkson. I, he's a free agent. Yes. Uh, I, 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 like I do not want him to be my team's starting point guard, mm -mm. but I want him to be my team's backup point guard. He showed you why this year too, right? Like in Utah, he was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. That role. Yeah, yeah, I, I had given up on him, but he proved me wrong. Mm -hmm. um, Gary Trent Jr. is kind of a long shot for me, but I really like him as a player. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and if then, he's not, if he's not the team's starting small forward, you know, I hope they keep Melo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, in a similar note, if this person isn't this team starting forward, Kelly Oubre Jr. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, I have, I have no idea where the Suns are going to go, but Mikhail Bridges should be the starting small forward. It seems like they're going to chase after Jeremy Grant for power forward, and if that was the case, he would start. If yeah. not, there's still the argument, Oubre versus Cam Johnson versus Dario Saric, whoever they want there at the power forward spot. And Oubre entering a contract year may just say, no, I'm not coming off the bench. I need to start to get my $18 million a year going forward. Mm -hmm. but if he is coming off the bench, that that would do the Suns very, very well because over the last few years, when Devin Booker goes to the bench, they collapse. They have no yeah. choice behind him. And, and Oubre would be a way for them to keep getting scoring even with Booker on the bench getting his rest. Yeah, I, I love Tsunami Poppy. He's one of my favorite personalities <laughs> in the NBA. Love him. Yeah, yeah. so I think I'm going with him with the knowledge that he might be a starter and that this might be completely void. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to spend too much time on this award personally because I started realizing like 
we don't know who's going to be where. So I played it safe and went with Lou Williams. I think that, <laughs> I think that he's, you know, he's you know where have, he's going to be and you know, he's not going to start. So it, makes it, sense. it doesn't matter if they trade him to whatever team he is eligible for six man of the year. I mean, he's won it several times. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, it, it would be crazy for him to take home this award. Uh, you know, I think that the Clippers need to do a lot in this offseason. They need to add a, a point guard who can facilitate for others and themselves. You know, I think that they realize that all of their best players are kind of isolationists at heart, and they don't really have anybody that can kind of bend a defense, you know, in a lot of different ways. But um, going back to Lou Will, I'm what, you know, 18 points in a game. It doesn't matter if it's the most efficient 18 points, but it's still 18 points. And 18 points. I think- 18 points. It's 18 points, right? So I think that that's, like you mentioned earlier, Austin, you know, a scoring guard more likely than not wins this award. And I went with Lou Will. I I almost went with Schroeder, to be honest with you, Logan. But I think that, you know, OKC, I think is, I think that they're going to be selling every part of the house this year. And Mm -hmm. uh, if a team is willing to spend for them, I think that they get them for the intent to start. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly think both LA teams should go after Dennis Schroeder. I think the Lakers um, want so Logan, you're you're kind of a cap guy, and Austin and I have talked about this a lot. There's a lot of rumors that the Lakers are trying to get Chris Paul. How I don't see I have no clue. I have no idea work. financially how they could make this happen. Is there is there so, a way that they could other than a buyout? It like, technically could work. They technically could make it happen, but they would have no depth at all. They would have to base. They would basically have to reset their bench. And mm-hmm. I don't think it makes sense because if either 36-year-old Chris Paul, 36-year-old LeBron James, or Anthony Davis suffers an injury, they're suddenly down to like a five-person team mm-hmm. in that I, I, I think it's unreal. It's something they should look into. Like Chris Paul is a stud, but yeah. I, I think right. it's unrealistic for what they actually need. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I, we, yeah we, we, sure we talked about this a lot. Yeah. yeah. If they can if, you know, I think that there is a world, right, where Oklahoma City says, hey, Chris, thank you for, you know, playing nice while you were here. We're going to do you solid and buy you out because we're looking to rebuild in, the, in these awesome drafts that are be coming down the line. And maybe they just keep his, you know, however, you know, they divide up how much they're going to buy him out per year. They keep that on the books. That way they have the league minimum, you know, amount of contract paid. I think that that's possible. And they try to do right by him and buy him out. That's the only world that I see L.A. getting them. Yeah. yeah, it could work. I mean, if the NBA is as scripted as everybody says it is, and LeBron is pulling all the strings, <laughs> you know it'll happen. Let Chris Paul go to the Lakers. Right. The NBA needs to just let Chris Paul go to the Lakers. I should have let him go 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, dude. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Oh, oh, sorry. Before we move on, Austin, what no, would you please. say about a Dennis Schroeder for Kyle Kuzma trade? I'd take it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Oh, man. Absolutely. I think he fits the roster so much better. He doesn't play the same position as LeBron. Uh, I'd, I think a change of scenery would be good for Kyle Kuzma because he did show flashes of being a terrific player his first mm-hmm. year and, and even into his second year. But I, I kind of think living in L.A. seems to have got, gotten to his head a little bit maybe or just maybe the pressure that comes with playing LeBron and AD I'm not with, with those guys. I'm not sure what it is, but he's also – you know, like we talked about on the show, Stephen, I'm pretty sure he was one of those guys that Lakers fans was making a petition for not to get a ring if they won. Yeah, he, yeah. he was one of like the three guys that were on that list. Him and, and KCP he's, and Danny he's Green. He's not a, uh, you know, I'm in quite a few fan groups and he's not 
not the favorite son of LA. That's for sure. So right. I think I think LA would be smart to do something like that. Um, I think if if it's there, do it definitely. I'd be really happy with something like that. I like he was my Dennis Schroeder was my sixth man of the year a pick this year anyway. So I'm a big fan. I think it'd be a great trade for the Lakers. I think yeah. the ball gets in his hands again, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my co-editor at Thunderwire brought that up to me, and it, it works for both teams. The, the Thunder get younger, they get a forward that they need, mm-hmm. and someone who might be able to score really well. The Lakers get someone who can actually handle the ball, create his own shot, and is not Rajon Rondo as, as much right. as we love Rajon We love playoff Rondo, but the other 82 games, not so much. Yeah, right, and Rondo He's, has since voiced that he is wanting to be a free agent, and like, he may mm-hmm. come back, but he wants to hit the market. So. He's such an interesting wow. case for me because his his numbers just don't stack up in terms of an all of a Hall of Famer, but in the playoffs, it's just like he's a completely different person. Like his playoff numbers are incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, early in his crazy. career, right, he definitely probably was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Before he just started burning, I just mean like his career average is like ten and seven, uh, right? You know, that 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 doesn't scream Hall of Fame. But then you look no, at the playoff right. numbers, and it's like fifteen and nine with seven rebounds. You yeah. know, he yeah, almost yeah. averages a triple yeah. double. Look at the battles, and it's like, wait a second, LeBron James is like like rival for four years. There was mm-hmm. a long ago, and mm-hmm. now they're t- and then they won a title together. Mm-hmm. That's yep. crazy to me. Absolutely. All right, well, we're going to move on to the way-too-early defensive player of the year. Logan, who do you got? Dang. Do I have to start this one? Is this a game-time decision? You don't have to. I, I'll, I'll, go. I'll start if you Steven, want. go ahead. You go. I want to hear where you guys go. Then that'll decide if I go with a pick who I think is more possible or if I can go with a dark horse candidate and get creative. Mm-hmm. I like creativity, but I'm going to start off being not creative. Steven, you're, the, you're the safest picker I've ever met. I, I'm very conservative, and I went with Anthony Davis. I think that he's going to be a, a guy that is now – Earning a ring, he's building a reputation for himself, is probably going to go down as one of the more talented power forwards of all time. Not saying best, but talented, right? Um, and I think that he is going to improve defensively because I think the Lakers roster is going to improve overall this season. You know, it's really hard when you look at how the Lakers addressed last offseason with the possibility of getting Kawhi Leonard. Understand why they waited on him, but you saw a free agent after free agent sign somewhere else that could have been really beneficial to just the LeBron AD team. And I think now that they've got their ring, they have submitted, okay, for you veterans who want to just a chance to come, you know, ride the wave and get a championship. I think that they're going to start, you, you're going to start getting your Shane Battiers and, you know, your Ray Allens and things like that on this team. Mm-hmm. And it's going to fill out the roster a little bit. And that's going to give Anthony Davis more room to just make a bigger name for himself as if he needed a bigger reason playing in the LA market. Right. But um, he was already in the running this season. I think that, you know, voter fatigue is probably going to set in with the Rudy Gobert. We saw it this season. I actually was really high on Rudy for getting it this season. Right. But, um, and Giannis just got it and we don't know how he's going to be playing next season with all the controversy that's going on with his, you know, where is he going to end up? And I think that opens the door wide open for Anthony Davis to get a defensive player of the year. Hey, I that's exactly who I picked too. I have Anthony Davis. I think his uh his finals performance is gonna stick in people's minds, you know, especially game six. He was everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. He had you know, people don't block four or five shots a game or even three really anymore, like 
it used to in the NBA because there's so many more three pointers taken and there's so many more, the floor is just so much more spaced, but you know, he's always going to be up there in terms of block shots. He's going to change shots more than I think just about anybody. Um, I just, I like Rudy Gobert. I don't know how much the casual fan or, or people that just like the NBA really understand how good defensively he is. You really, a lot you of times, dig into advanced stats. Yeah, I was going to say you really have to dive into numbers to see how good he is. Like he he rated out as like the third or fourth best player in terms of defense, like defensive win shares and defensive rating in all of basketball last year. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if he the way the game is played now. I don't know if a big shot blocking rim protecting center does enough to really garner the award. Anthony Davis can go out on the perimeter and pretty much play really well perimeter defense from in terms of perimeter defense he can he can shut smaller guys down he can play with the biggest guy on the team um i just think he's on his way still i think he's still trending upwards he hasn't reached his peak yet and i just think now that he's won a title all the pressure of that's off he plays next to lebron james you know like we said i we all kind of think he's going to start handing the reins over to him to some extent here soon Mm -hmm. he's in the you know He's on the premier franchise in the NBA, and I just think he's going to have a lot of media attention, and he's going to have another great year. And I don't think Giannis will win really probably any individual awards this year. I think it's going to be really, really hard for him to overcome what's happened the last two years in the playoffs. You know, unless he goes out and averages 35 or 6 points a game, it's going to be really hard to vote for him for really anything. He's going to have to play more than 30 minutes a game. Exactly, and I don't see that happening either. Right. Logan. After having a chance to listen to us talk, you know, glowingly about Anthony Davis, have we persuaded you or are you going dark horse? So I have three names on my list. One is a safe choice. That's Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Okay. One is a medium choice. It's for similar reasons why I said for AD actually. Bam. Yep. He was going to, he was my second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had if, him up there. If he'd have the top defense in the league. Bam continues guarding all around the court. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be surprised at all. And my dark horse is Ben Simmons. I like it. I like Ben Simmons. His defense is terrific. And I think that he's going to be playing more power forward this year. That's Mm -hmm. just my guess. But if he does play more power forward, guard positions one through four, and the Sixers are better, he could be in contention. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I like Ben I like Simmons' ben a lot. defense a lot. I think he's somebody that – I think he was underrated defensively until you saw them fall apart without him. I mean, yeah. their defensive rating was like – like crashed when he got it, when he went out and it does the same thing when Embiid's not out there too. And that's the one thing that I keep kind of holding on to about that team. I just feel like those two, if they figure it out and, you know, doc may be able to figure it out that they can be, they could be dangerous. You know, they're just, they're both so talented. I, I just, I don't think you give up on that, on that duo just yet. Like a lot of people seem to have. I think yeah, they yeah. need a grown up on their team. I would mm-hmm. if if they could. Well, they had one. They had Jimmy Butler, and they let yeah, him go. Want to know I, who the group is going to be? I, I I think I know who it's going to be. But you go it, ahead. It be Chris Paul. That, that yes, they're going to they're going to work. Trade in which they get rid of Al Horford's contract, moving Ben Simmons power forward, and then they give up Josh Richard Josh Richardson maybe a or two, give them to the Thunder mm-hmm. or whatever's needed to make salary work. Chris Paul goes to the Sixers. Chris Paul's the point guard, Simmons power forward, and Bede at center, and that's an elite defensive team. If you're the I, Thunder and I'm the Sixers, that. if you're the Thunder and I'm the Sixers, could I interest you a Tobias Harris for a Danilo Gallinari sign and trade? Oh, I, I actually Danilo might be. 
Um, I would say no, because my owner isn't going to want to spend $30 million more million in COVID times with the decreased salary cap and luxury tax. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for you know where I have uh, Danilo Gallinari going. Where is that? I actually have him going to Miami. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to end up with the Heat. I think he's going to. He said already in the media he's willing to take a pay cut, and mm-hmm. you know they could even get he him. He hasn't big... ever really done that yet. So no, you know. but I think now he, he's. You know, I've never really heard him say that before, though. Either. I mean, he, if you're going to get offered a multi-year contract at twenty plus million dollars a year, you're not going to turn it down. Right. You know? But now I think he's at the point in his career where it's a little more realistic for him to. They could give him a huge one-year deal, not huge, but I mean, they're going to have twenty plus million dollars to give spend. Give him the JJ Redick treatment. You know, give him a one-year contract if they really are, you know, set on trying to get Giannis, which I just think is a bad move. I'd like to see them really, honestly, the reason I have them going number one, I wanted to kind of get into this a little bit, is um, I actually think they should try to sign Fred Van Vliet with their cap space and and then use their mid-level exceptions, like almost $10 million this year, I think. It's 9.3. And see if they can get Gallinari to to sign for that. I think if they got both of them, they'd be be terrific. That'd be nasty. Mm -hmm. I love that for the Heat. I don't know if Gallo would take <clears throat> would take nine million. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking too. For pay cut, meaning oh yeah, I could take fifteen millions instead of eighteen, but right. if in half, that might yeah. draw a line. Yeah. With, with that said, though, if the Heat get creative with salary cap and maybe give him a three-year declining deal, mm-hmm. he he would still be movable after the season. So then you go after Giannis. If you get Giannis, you trade Gallo. No harm mm-hmm. done. You don't get Giannis, you still have Gallo, right? Man, that could work. It would be really, really interesting. They also need. We also need to That'd consider. Be eventually, they're gonna need to, you know, re-sign Bam Adebayo, and they still have Jimmy Butler's contract on that team. But mm-hmm. if they could pull that off, though, Austin and Miami would be one of the teams that could. Mm-hmm. That would be extremely nasty moving yeah. forward. Be, I think it'd be a lot better than trying to get Victor Oladipo to come there, which I've heard a lot about too. I, just I don't, don't know if he's he the has a house in Miami, so obviously he has to play there. And, yeah, but him coming out saying he thinks he deserves a max contract with his next deal, like and, I don't, I don't see NBA teams giving him that much money. You know, he was. I saw a thing about him yesterday. He's the <clears throat> there's 53 guys in the NBA that average at least 17 points a game, which is what about what he averages for his career. And mm-hmm. of those 53 guys, he had the, he has the worst career shooting percentage of all 53 of them. He's not the player that he used to be before that injury. If he comes back this year and does a lot better, maybe. But I think I'd, the Pacers definitely aren't going to give him a max contract. I can guarantee that. The Pacers don't spend money like that. Yeah, there's a couple teams, though, that could probably give him money. But that's probably a storyline for a different day. Right. We will move forward with I'm so excited for the guy that I have picked on here. I think I'm kind of out of the box on this one, but I'm probably not because I know I'm not the smartest guy on this on this line right now. Logan, since you were too afraid to give us your take on defensive player of the year first off, would you like to lead us off and most improved player in this yeah. way to our segment? Yeah, this one is actually one that I felt most conf- more confident in than pretty much any other. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Nice. <laughs> I wonder who Steven that was, picked. That was my guy. But yeah, I- I'm excited that you picked him because that makes me feel better about picking yeah. him. Yeah, no, he um like assuming the Thunder trade Paul and Schroeder, SJ mm-hmm. is now the number one option. He he already led the team last year with nineteen points per game, and if he ups that to twenty three points, like six boards, six assists per game, that's an easy it's an easy pick right there. He mm-hmm. also had a pretty 
pretty sizable jump from his first year to his second year in the league. And if he continues on that trajectory, he could be a borderline all-star contender this year. And that's a pretty traditional storyline for most improved players. Someone beyond their second year looks like they could be an all-star, will be an all-star in the future, and is posting 20 points, well-rounded stats. He, He seems like a safe pick. Yeah, and for all the same things that you just said is exactly why I went with him because he's going to have more opportunity than he did. It's kind of what, with Bam Adebayo, why I thought he should have got it this year, right? Um, kind of the same thing, you know, waited out the the guy ahead of him, um, stepped into a bigger role and, you know, is, is going to play very, very well. And I just, I love SGA's game. I love his build. I love, it, you know, how dynamic. I love his change of pace. I just, mm-hmm. I think that this is his year for the award. Austin, what do you think about SGA? Is he your guy? Uh, he's not, but you guys made a really convincing argument. Um, I'm probably a little more embarrassed about my pick now because <laughs> – Did you pick I LeBron picked, James? I, of course. No. Okay. <laughs> I always pick LeBron James. No. Yeah. Um, I went with uh, RJ Barrett, actually. But okay. now that, uh, what you guys said about, you know, it's being a guy past his second year, it's probably not very often it goes from being – it goes to a – a rookie into a second year i have kind of noticed that so that's where where i'm kind of not as confident about my pick but Luka i just was getting some buzz though yeah i just think you know the knicks can't be much worse i think they've got a great coach in thibodeau i like him a lot i think mm. i i just you know maybe because i was a you know i like the bulls too and maybe that's why I, I was a fan of his but i i think he's gonna be good for a guy like um rj you know, I think he's going to get the most. He gets a lot out of his players, regardless of where he's been, for the most part. And I, I think kind of the same thing that put a bad taste in people's mouth about Stan Van Gundy happened with with Tibbs is he tried to be the GM and the coach, and it just doesn't work, and it's not going to work. And I think he's, I think he's there to coach, not to you know, he's not he's here to he's in the kitchen to cook, not he's not you know buying the groceries. Mm-hmm. which I think is best for, for most NBA coaches, if not all. Um, I just think he's going to help turn around the Knicks to an extent. I think you're going to see the, a little bit of a resurgence in New York. And if that happens at all, and he's the guy on that team that you know leads them into at least even being competitive or in contention, you know, I think that... Uh, you know, he could easily take the award, but you know, SGA, like you guys said, you know, everybody's probably going to leave that team except him. He's probably the the one guy that they have that's really you know a building block for their future. And if that does happen, he could easily take the award because his his usage rate's going to skyrocket. And he was already terrific this year. So yeah, yeah, and I, I don't like I don't dislike the RJ Barrett pick just because like he it's this wouldn't be the case of a rookie who's good getting very good. It'd be right. rookie, it would be a rookie who is not good suddenly being a good player which is different than a lot of the second year players who we say no to for most improved so yeah i i don't dislike that pick i don't either i just think you know kind of the typical storyline is like well he was you know you know picked so high and he's supposed to be this good type thing Mm -hmm. i definitely apply for yeah but the Knicks can kill that real fast. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. Going to the Knicks can kill any kind of expectations no. real quick. I honestly probably picked him because the other day I pulled a really, really nice rookie card of his out of a pack and hoping that it gets worth some money someday. So there That's, you go. Here's it's hoping. Worth, it's worth about two fifty on eBay right now. Two dollars and fifty cents. Oh, I was gonna say two hundred and fifty dollars. No, I have a couple cards. I have a triplets value by the end of his career. Right. <laughs> I have yeah. a couple cards that are worth way over 250, Stephen, but not not any RJ Barrett's, that's for sure. 
No, I, I know that you have an extensive collection. You've you've talked to me about a couple of them, right? Sean pretty- Kemp, that Sean Kemp autograph cards looking pretty good lately. People are wanting it. Yeah. I mean, if he show if he has a cameo in the second Space Jam, right? Knows, you know, <laughs> oh man, it's crazy, dude. Like, literally, <laughs> um, like NFL cards. It's so the market is so volatile. It's unreal. Like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I had somebody offer me his rookie card for like twenty bucks last week, and mm-hmm. I said no. And he, the same guy, is selling it because he had a hundred and sixty-one yard game. The same guy sold it for like seventy-five dollars on Facebook the other day. Yeah. Like it just. It's insane course, how fast it goes up and down. Dude. Like people were selling off their Joe Burrow cards two weeks ago when he had that bad game against the Steelers. Like they were, you know, like they, you know, couldn't get rid of him. They were trying so hard to get rid of him. I don't know. It's it's pretty crazy. Absolutely. Before we move on from cards, when you mentioned Sean Kemp and Space Jam, I had a image of him, not Michael Jordan, doing that dunk to win the game in the first one. And then add them on star. Oh man, that would be awesome! Like you did out in Lister. Not real, right? Yeah. Sean Kemp. So if anybody Sean watching, Kemp's probably about upwards of three hundred and fifty pounds at this point, isn't he? He got pretty big the last time I saw him. I mean, he got. I don't know big, if he could. You know, I don't know if he could make it. You know, athletically for Space Jam. <laughs> well, I mean, they can do all kinds of crazy stuff. With True. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say it's not like Michael Jordan has stretch Armstrong arms. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like, yeah, that was pretty realistic. I mean, well, right. <laughs> I mean, the way people talk about, I mean, I'm a, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. You almost, <laughs> you almost got me. All right. So that finishes up the individual award. Oh, Logan, you were going to say something? Oh, no, I was just going to transit. I was going to help you transition away and go back to most improved player. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, I think. Did we have anything else to add to most improved player? Or Logan, did you have a couple of candidates that you wanted to share? A couple. Uh, Darren Fox, maybe. OG Ananobi, DeJounte Murray. Those were other names I thought about. And, yeah, um, Ananobi's up there for I me. like Ananobi a lot. Yeah. We're, we're big Ananobi guys here on the pod. And I think the that's a shot that he hit at the end of the, like in the bubble. Like that was nuts. You know, with yeah. what was that? Like 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5 point, seconds? 0.5, I think. Yeah. yeah. Little time as he can have. And he just he acted like he hits that shot all the time, which was totally cool. He does, yeah. just not in that moment. <laughs> his, his improvement as a three and D player has just been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be, you know, a little prelude. I'm going to be bringing him up here in a little while. Hey. But we're hey. getting into the All hey. NBA Pascal Siakam type leap this year. It's his to lose. But yes, let's get into the next section. Yeah, um, the way too early All NBA first team. Who wants to lead this one off? I'll go. I'm cool okay, going okay. first. So I went with Luka Doncic and Steph Curry. Check, check. I went with Anthony Davis. Check. Tatum and Giannis. That was my five. I had four out of your five. Who was the Oh, Tatum. Jason Tatum. Yep. Jason Tatum was four and Giannis Tenekumbo was five. Okay. Logan, who do you have in your stop in your in your um first team? I also have four of those five of Steph and Luke Hedgard, Giannis mm-hmm. and LeBron at forward, Anthony Davis as the big. Yeah, I had um, LeBron, Steph, Luka, Davis, Giannis. It was hard for me to leave LeBron off the first team. I just, yeah, what I the think, heck, dude? 
I don't know. I, I didn't want to be yeah. accused of being a homer anymore, I guess. <laughs> I almost left him off the first team, too. Yeah, I just think, you know, picking both him and AD is going to be hard to have two first-team All-NBAers on any team with the amount of talent that's in the league nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Tatum's a, the best under-25 player, maybe other than Luka. It's him or Luka, depending on how much you like Tatum's defense more than Luka's. But Luka's defense isn't that much worse. It's probably Luka. And, yeah, uh, but I like Tatum a lot, and I just think that you know I love Tatum. He's up and coming, and he's popular, and he's this a little bit more of the sexy pick maybe than LeBron James. And you know, LeBron James is, is going to be right up there for sure. It could go either way. I just you know I couldn't leave him off my top NBA All NBA first team and have him finish second in the MVP voting. So yeah. I had to put him in there somewhere. I understand. I don't, I don't think anybody else on that roster or on that list could go down more more easily than LeBron. So, are we putting too much faith in Steph Curry? You know, coming back on this year though, because it sounds like we all have. I don't him. think so. Okay. No. Yeah, his injury it it shouldn't affect his game. Right. Yeah, it wasn't one that's like an impot like it was a ha- you know a hand injury. Oh, like let me ask you this, Stephen. Does Steph Curry's game seem like the type of game that's that is gonna age well or he's gonna fall off cliff? And as long as he can shoot, he can play forever. Right. And and, it, and this was his left wrist, right? Or left hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was off ball. Yeah. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be a terrific player for years to come still. I don't think I think he's gonna age very gracefully. The way he plays is just it's not like he's Russell Westbrook that relies on his athleticism and you know mm-hmm. freak ability to get to the rim. He, he can anybody, you know, my dad's 74 years old and he can still go out in the driveway and hit 30 footers. He's been able to do it his whole life. He just it's one of those things if you can do it, you can do it. Yeah. yeah as, as long as Steph is able to run around the court, tire defenders out and get mm-hmm. to his spot. Run off the three break. screens, yeah, in a possession, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he hits threes, and the, the crowd erupts like it's, you know, a breakaway dunk. Like, it's unreal how much just a couple of those plays, just the momentum change that it can create. It's un- I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was just curious because, I, you know, we all have them there, so I'm, I wasn't expecting us to all to be like, no, we're all wrong, you know what I mean, by putting them yeah. up there. But I don't know, just, just a thought that I had. All right, so – that's our first team. Moving in, second team. Logan, lead us off. Second team, James Harden, Dame Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, wow. Jason Tatum, and Nikola Jokic. Okay. I have three of your five. Austin, nice. who do you got? I have LeBron, Kawhi, Jokic, Lillard, and uh, Kevin Durant, actually. Okay. I have James Harden. Oh, sorry. So is LeBron a guard on this one? Yes. Okay. I think he was uh, – considered a guard this year so yeah you could have been it's weird because i'm like luca could have been the guard and lebron would have been the yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, I think luca was a guard this year but lebron mm-hmm. also could have been considered a guard okay because he, was, he was the point guard of the team yep. gotcha so i went james harden jimmy butler bam Adebayo, jason tatum and Kawhi leonard as my second team nice yeah and I don't have any, any arguments there. I have a lot of those guys on my third team. So, Yeah, okay. Well, cool deal. And then we'll roll into the third team. Uh, Austin, go ahead, brother. I have uh, Jimmy Butler, James Harden, Ben Simmons, uh, Bam Adebayo, and Chris Middleton. Wow, okay. Logan, how about you? Man, this one was impossible. Has, um, <laughs> has, there, has the league ever been deeper than it is right now? With I don't Tony think so. Grant coming back? 
Yeah, uh, it, it's really hard. I mean, it sh it literally shuffles everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had I had Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, Pascal Siakam, Ben Simmons, and Bam Adebayo. Okay, nice. I and, like I like that pick. Yeah, it, it was painful to leave Bradley Beal off. Kevin Durant, I left off just because I don't think I think he'll probably uh, load manage this year. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't expect him to play eight, yeah. 75, 80 games. I don't expect him to be going 100%. So I, I had to leave him off, but it was hard. Right. Yeah. And that's, totally you know, it could, it could also be about 18 months since he's played a game by the time they start. You know, he hasn't played in quite a while. And the, this, you know, if, on a normal year, this would already be next year, you know? So yeah. that too. It's going to be a long time before he sees a court again still and rumors are that the nba is not going to start again until martin luther king jr day is kind of like oh, the wow. concrete date that i've been hearing in reports so far so i mean give them another you know what is that four months out that's yeah, yeah man that's that's a long ways away i know obviously it won't work this year i'd like to see the nba start on christmas day every year personally i was a really big fan of it but i, I don't think that the players were a, a fan yeah. of the, the shifted timeline right but um, and I don't think that they like competing with football very much either. I mean, especially with the NFL now with the whole COVID thing, like they're having games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and stuff like the finals had to compete with, you know, a whole bunch of different games, you know, away from the NFL. Right. I, I think, though, if you start at Christmas Day, you know, you've got what maybe the first three or four weeks of the season to, you know, month month and a half, I think, really before the Super Bowl is over, mm -hmm. um, you know, right now, the first two, three months of the NBA season doesn't get nearly as much eyes on it because yeah. of football. And, you know, game one of the World Series is pretty much right when the NBA season, you know, gets going. And it just – it would make a lot more sense because the, the, the original reason basketball was played when it was was because they didn't want to compete with baseball. Well, now mm -hmm. that's not any competition really at all in terms of viewership. Right. So I just think it makes a lot of sense. There's still some loyal fans out there. Right. But oh, – um, yeah. My third team, I have Damian Lillard. I almost went with Trey Young as, mm -hmm. as the guard here. I'm expecting a big jump from Atlanta. I have I like them as Young. the I have them as the eight seed in the in the East in my way too early power rankings. Nice. I went with him. I went with um, Devin Booker, um, Kevin Durant, Carl Anthony Towns, and I think that we're going to see a really big improved year from Joel Embiid this season. So I went I went ahead and went with Joel Embiid. And when I looked at my list and I saw that I don't have a Nikola Jokic, it broke my heart because I love Nikola Jokic. But I think that we're going to start seeing the offense shift away from him with the emergence of, you know, with, um, you know, the way that Murray played. Murray, in the right. And then I think that okay. we're going to start incorporating Michael Porter Jr. a little bit more in the offense. So I think it's going to be a little bit more equalitarian type offense, right, instead of yeah. – uh, uh, Nikola Jokic having to run the offense all the time. I think it's going to kind of transition a little bit away from that. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, like, I, see I, all I, that happen. Having Booker on the team, but w would he be your forward? I'm sorry. Would Booker be your forward? Be one of your forwards on this team? Oh no! So I had a uh, Damian Lillard and Booker as my guards. Uh, Kevin Durant. I had Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. Okay. Oh man, I have, I have those as my front court. I think that Cat being healthy this year, he was off on such a tear early last season. I think that he's if he can stay healthy, he's gonna be. If he stays healthy and the Timberwolves are good, because if he posts twenty points game or whatever, but they're the thirteenth seed, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. 
Jokic over him or Bam over yeah. him or Embiid. Yeah, if that was the case, you I would probably put a Jokic over there. But yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the where where I see it now in this way too early scenario. Yeah. Right, now, now to my favorite segment, I love the defense. I, I I love evaluating defense because it's almost impossible to fully evaluate and appreciate. Um, Logan, would you like to lead us off in the defensive first team? Yeah, I can do that. Um, my guards are Ben Simmons and Drew Holiday. I, I know that I had Simmons as a as a forward in my All NBA team, but I'm just going to cheat. If if, okay. if you do that, then we can bump Butler to forward and Simmons to All NBA, and we're good. Right. I don't think yeah. people care as much when it comes to the defensive teams as they do like All Star and All NBA teams. Yeah, right. But but yeah, so Ben Simmons and Drew Holiday at guard, Giannis and AD at forward, and Bam as the big. I had almost the exact same team, except I had a different guard, Austin. I have Chris Dunn, Ben Simmons, uh, Giannis, AD, and uh, Rudy Gobert. Man, I love Chris Dunn so much. Uh, he did he mm-hmm. did so such a good job and Me very too. underappreciated. He was on my second team this mm-hmm. year, this past year. I had on my first team. Really big fan of this guy, Austin. You know who I like so much, uh, Marcus Smart. I, yep. I love Marcus Smart. I think that he's um, greatly underappreciated in the NBA right now. I have he and uh, Simmons as my as my guards here. Um, Anthony Davis, since he was my defensive player of the year, you know, has to be here. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Bam Adebayo as my defensive first team. Okay. All right. Um, Hey, you don't have to. You absolutely don't have to have AD on your first team. Marcus All won the defensive player of the year, and he was second team. Exception, not the rule. Right? Doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, exception, not the rule. Right. So my second team, I had Marcus Smart and uh, Jimmy Butler. I I guess he's a guard. I don't know. I probably cheated there. No, uh, he plays Jason, a little bit of two. Jason Tatum. He could he could possibly be a two there too. Ooh. I kind of he could play two or three. I had Jason Tatum, Butler, um, Marcus Smart, Bam Adebayo, and Kawhi Leonard. Not a bad second unit there. I think Logan. Tatum's defense is a little underrated. I think that I love Tatum so much. I think you're overrating his defense a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but I mean, if Boston does good and he's the big reason why, and he is an MVP panic MVP candidate, not a crazy to think that he could be in second team votes. Mm-hmm. Logan, um, yeah, my team was similar. Same guards: Marcus Smart and Jimmy Butler. My forward, what my forwards were: Kawhi Leonard and OG Ananobi, and nice. is Rudy Gobert. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to cheat a little bit and have Ananobi as a guard in this situation because it's a defensive team and I don't think that people care. Well, but, um, I think Matisse Thibel is um, is going to step up even more than he did this year. I thought I, I love Thibel's game a lot. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Now I'm picturing a Chris Paul, Matisse Thibel, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. Right. Good core. It's Chris Paul running the offense. It'll be okay. They'll. They'll be a, a top four seed if if he's over there. Easy. Oh, if he goes there, definitely. Yeah. But um, I got Ananobi and Thibel as my backcourt. I have Kawhi Leonard, and I see a Draymond Green resurgence, too. I thought about him. I think him in. Yep. I have him making second team along with Mr. Rudy Gobert. Nice. Rounding out my Oh, I second. hate Draymond Green, but he's a good pick, but I can't stand the guy. I am not the biggest fan in the world of him, but, but- I mean – I think that's what he wants. Yeah, I mean, he kind of likes being like the the villain. 
You know, if we were bit. warrior fans, we would probably love him. That's exactly what I mean. Like he <laughs> he wants to, his his team to like him and everybody else to hate him. Yeah, kind of guy. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's got a little bit of that worm vibe going on, right? Yeah, last year I wanted the Suns to try to trade for him and and his bulky contract for that reason. Mm-hmm. If, if if he's on your team, you love him, and he's a good leader. If he's not on your team, you hate him. Yeah. Well, not yeah. only is he a great defender, but you can, you know, even run a little bit of offense through him too, right? So that's something that is valuable across the league now. Well, cool. Well, that was the conclusion that we had of all of the way too early regular season awards. Logan, I just want to thank you so much for, you know, being a, being a returning guest here on the show. I know that we have been talking throughout the year, uh, throughout the playoffs, and really just enjoy, you know, being able to hit you up and bounce some 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 thoughts and knowledge off of you and just make sure that I'm not crazy and you get some validation in my takes and things like that. Um, and again, just thank you so much for taking some time out of your, out of your busy schedule. I know that you had, you know, some, some new stuff come up in your professional life, but um, before we close out, is there anything that you want to let the the listeners or viewers know? Um, yeah. So with the Thunderwire next week, we're doing a trade week. So sort of extravaganza on just, all the trade ideas we can think of that might be nice. I, I mentioned a couple of them in here. There are a few more that I did not mention. So mm-hmm. go check that out. Um, yeah. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'll also, I want to, I want to um, shout out you for, for your Miami heat pick to make the finals. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. In, in the last podcast, me and Steven did, you called that and I, I did not believe you, but I was wrong. Well, to be fair, I didn't have them in the finals, but I did have them in the Eastern. I had them in the Eastern Conference Finals. You had them beating the Bucks. Yep, I had them mm-hmm. beating the Bucks and then losing to the Celtics. But I did mention on the podcast that if they did make it to the finals, I wouldn't be surprised. So to take Same away thing. a little bit of a credit to myself and give me a little bit more back in my direction, I will definitely do that for myself. That's not and how I'll, this. That's not how this works, Stephen. You just got to take credit. If somebody's trying to give it to you. You just say, "Yeah, of course I knew what they were going to do." That. I would like to think that someone would call me out on this and that someone. Oh, they will, but that doesn't matter. (laughs) Yep. I wanted to beat. I wanted to beat you to the punch, but um, Logan, thank you so much. Um, Austin, before we close out um, big news, Austin now a part of the same network as myself, the off the ball network. Uh, You just had some some work come up. Uh, Do you want to go ahead and give yourself a little bit of plug since you gave me a hard time for giving myself credit? Yeah, for sure, man. I I'm, I'm part of the, off the ball network now i i left game changer sports network i wish them you know nothing but good luck in the future just it works out better for us i think being doing a show together being on the same network Mm -hmm. um you know logan thanks for coming on it was awesome to meet you i had a lot of fun um it's you know cool anytime anyone wants to come and talk sports with us you know like he said it makes me feel a little bit less crazy i know i am but you know whatever Um, but yeah, uh, Steven and I have actually both put out our way too early power rankings on the website. Um, you know, obviously mine are better, but you know, I mean, it's just the way it is sometimes, you know, you know, I'm sure Steven would say the same about his, it is, um, what it is, it is interesting. I, I'm, I think it'll be fun at the end of the year to look back and see where, you know, how wrong we were or how right we were and who was more right or wrong kind of, you know, get to you know, be rivals in that sense a little bit, I guess. So definitely mm-hmm. go check those out. Uh, there's all kinds of good work. Um, I'm pretty sure we just got, you know, an official Facebook page too for the network just went up recently. Um, yep. There's lots of stuff in the works. So, yeah, absolutely. And uh, along with that, we're probably going to be doing a, a co-op version of this take where 
or this show where we, you know, write out who our award winners, we predict them going to be and, and some reasons for doing and our reasons for uh, selecting. Yep. Them, right. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that and then go check out, you know, there's some great NFL stuff on the site as well. You know, Jeff does his way too early power rank or his weekly power rankings and they're always great. There's some, some really, really good stories on the draft coming up. And uh, I'm sure that we're going to be having more content on that, but for Austin, and myself and for our special guest logan we just want to thank everybody for taking the time out of their day to watch or listen now or later when this um, comes out tomorrow and uh just thank you guys so much for your support and your time go check out offtheballnetwork.com you can follow us on twitter um at otbn under or otb underscore network and then you know the same old places where you can find austin and myself are, are on there as well but um again just Thank you guys so much. Much love, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir.